Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Hello there, Edwin. We are jumping into John chapter 3. We've spent a couple of days really looking at the first half of it, looking at Nicodemus coming to him by night. Yes. And then we're going to talk about Jesus going out into into the Judean countryside. He's it been is. Talking then, about baptism, now he's going to go do some baptizing. Go do some baptizing. That's always exciting when that happens. <laughs> I when, love it when we get to do some baptizing. We're going to shift our perspective a little bit to that second teacher and second sermon, and we're going to hear from John the Baptist again in today's reading. You're going to read some of that for us then? Absolutely. John chapter 3, I'm going to read verse 22 through the end of the chapter, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. After these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea, And there he remained with them and baptized. Now, John also was baptizing in Aenean near Salem because there was much water there and they came and were baptized for John had not yet been thrown into prison. Then there arose a dispute between some of John's disciples and the Jews about purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you beyond the Jordan to whom you have testified, behold, he is baptizing, and all are coming to him. John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. You yourselves bear witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of the earth. He who comes from heaven is above all. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifies, and no one receives his testimony. He who has received his testimony has certified that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God does not give the Spirit by measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Here is this second set of teaching in John 3, we actually end up, uh, maybe we'll talk about this a little bit more tomorrow, end up with one of those same questions, at what point does John the Baptist stop speaking, and maybe John the Apostle starts speaking, or maybe it's John the Baptizer the entire way through. Right. But we've got John here, his disciples have been discussing purification with a Jew, they've gotten into a little bit of a of a maybe a heated discussion, and it sounds like maybe as part of this argument over purification, this Jew has brought up to John's disciples, why is everybody going over to this other guy? If, if yeah. your guy if your guy is purifying people, why is everybody going over to this other guy? And so the disciples come to John and say, what's up? What's up? <laughs> what's up? <laughs> uh, you know, I have to tell you that I, I really uh, appreciate studying John the Baptist, and he is a fascinating figure to me but some of the most beautiful language is here in verse 30 he must increase but i must decrease Mm. one of the things that i love about the spirit of john is his attitude and outlook is that here he is very 
popular preacher. Multitudes come out to him. He has a movement. And yet he always remembers, my ministry is not about my movement and my popularity. My ministry really is about identifying the Messiah, Mm. clarifying who that is, and then sending my people to go follow the Messiah. It seems that some of his disciples are jealous for him. How could this be that he's going and baptizing all the people? You're John the Baptist. You ought to be baptizing the people. But he appreciates No, this is as it should be. It is time for Christ to be magnified and for Christ to grow. And in the fullness of that growth, of course my role and my ministry is diminished. Of course I decrease. But that's all in God's plan and God's way. And he finds a joy in that. I I think that's the other thing that's remarkable to me. Uh, Probably enough preachers would be a little sad to see all their congregation going after some other preacher. (laughs) But what does John say? He likens himself to uh, the bridegroom's buddy, you know, the best man. He's like, no, I'm thrilled that this is exactly where I want to be. This is the best day ever. Uh, and, and I love that outlook also. When you when you give it that parallel between uh, about what's happening with John and Jesus with maybe two preachers in the modern day, I do think that maybe what's happening with the disciples of John is they're seeing Jesus as a protege of oh. John. In fact, what they're saying is, well, I mean, he only has followers because you bore witness to him, Mm -hmm. which which makes what John says about we can't receive anything unless it's from heaven, even all the more poignant Mm -hmm. because John's disciples are believing that what Jesus has came from John. Because John drummed up support, because John became popular, because John became a teacher, and people having messianic expectations were looking to John. Then along comes this other guy who was baptized by John, and John says, that's the guy. That's the guy. To, To these disciples, again, they're seeing that as, he's your protege. He ought to at least have the good respect to tell people to follow you, John. Mm-hmm. He ought to at least have the good it. submission to say, no, I, I listen, I'm just, I'm just learning from John. Y'all need to get back to John. And John's saying, you guys have misunderstood. You misunderstood. Maybe at least go a little further up river, man. <laughs> at least get, get, if you could do all your baptizing. Away, yeah, Come on. don't be taking our folks. Yeah, sheep stealer. <clears throat> In fact, the, the whole thing <laughs> began with, with John back in John chapter one, pronouncing Lamb of God and a couple of his disciples hearing it and going after Jesus. That's right. Here's one of the things that causes a struggle for me. Now that Jesus is on the scene, why is there any overlap at all? Why is John continuing? Why does he still even have disciples? I mean, these disciples have clearly not actually taken what John has said at face value. They don't understand it. What what do you think? why, Why is there this overlap? What do you think? Well, I, I um, obviously there's a plan for John's ministry and ultimately John's life. Yes. Okay. I agree. And so in the fulfillment of God's purpose and plan, that ministry will end when it ends. Be As you pointed out, John, the apostle is writing so much later, hey, people know what happens to John the Baptist. Right. He is faithful in his proclamation of righteousness against Herod uh, and Herodias, and he actually ends up being beheaded because of it. Mm. Okay, so uh, his ministry ended uh, in that time, but in utter faithfulness. I do see a parallel, though, in 
the way God had instituted this law of Moses and that temple system and how the worship was orchestrated, even as Jesus comes upon the scene, even as Jesus is preaching the gospel, even as Jesus dies upon the cross and is resurrected and a church begins on the day of Pentecost, but there's still this temple in Jerusalem, this temple system going on. And so for a time you have both covenants there uh, being practiced, but one is increasing while the other is decreasing. And once uh, the one decreases, not unlike the sudden end of John the Baptist, so to the sudden end of Jerusalem uh, and the temple in AD 70, the ministry of Christ, the covenant of Christ carries on, the church carries on, and it grows larger and larger and larger. Let me see if I'm following you. You're making a parallel between John the Baptist and his work and the law and the temple and its work. And I would say even the law and the prophets, because John the Baptist would be a prophet of that system. And both of them are pointing to the Messiah. Mm -hmm. Both of them are saying, I mean, all the law and the prophets. In fact, that's what Jesus is going to talk about multiple times. You you guys are reading Moses, but you're missing the point. Moses Mm -hmm. is pointing to me. Yeah. And so that should be decreasing while Jesus is increasing. Yeah. So we have in John's ministry a little bit of overlap with Jesus' ministry. John's ministry is going to come to an end because he's going to be killed. Yes. By Gentiles. Correct? Uh, no, it's Herod. No, it's well, Herod. Herod he's Idumean. I'm not sure who was. I'm not sure exactly who was working for Herod. He, he pretends to be Jewish, yeah. but uh, yeah. So a little bit of question on that. Anyway, Jerusalem, the law, the temple is continuing to. It's supposed to be pointing toward Jesus, but there's going to be a little bit of an overlap between the ministry that's happening at the temple, yes. and the ministry of the new covenant temple, yes. yes. But it is also going to come to a sudden end through destruction, yes. Man, that's a lot of parallels. That is very interesting. That that's is. A, that's a, so we're so we're getting we're getting a little bit of a lesson from John at the beginning of Jesus' ministry about how all of the prophets and all mm-hmm. of the law is pointing to Jesus. There's going to be some overlap. But in the end, Jesus is going to be the one that continues on. His church, his his temple his. is what's going to continue on. And it was all pointing to this anyway, yeah. so let's stick with this. Absolutely. Don't go back. And John is the one saying that whereas life and salvation is going to be found in Christ, yeah. he is the one that who has come from above, and so that is the way to go. That is the one to follow. So John is, there's a little bit of what we see in John's ministry that's pointing us back and helping us understand how the law and the prophets and the temple point to Jesus and what all was happening there. Is there anything in this statement from John, anything in the way John acts that actually points ahead to us and and how we need to live and how we need to be? Do you see anything in that well, statement with I, us? I mean, of course, I, I think that that would be a wonderful statement for any Christ any Christian, any disciple to take, he must increase, but I must decrease. I certainly need to increase in my outlook as a Christian to take the heart of Christ and to love what he loves, to hate what he hates, right? That that it's Christ living in me and working through me. Kind of that Apostle Paul idea, right? That is no longer I who live, but Christ, Christ. lives in me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I have, just because of some other reading I've been doing over the past year, I've, I've loved this concept. I can't remember if I've mentioned it in our, in our talks over the last couple of weeks, probably because it's been in my mind so much. But the recognition that education, is, the purpose of education is to train up and pass on to the next generation the true value and estimation of things. Mm-hmm. And the recognition that if anyone in all of history understood and lived by the true estimation and value of things, it's Jesus. If I really want to know mm-hmm. the value mm-hmm. of things, things that are valuable and things that aren't valuable, things that I need to treat with value and things that I need to dismiss as valueless, then I need to look to Jesus and live the way Jesus lived and recognize what Jesus valued and what Jesus devalued. And I need to recognize the estimation Jesus gave to everything. And this is what John appreciates as he is saying, he must increase and I must decrease. And and as I live that, as I learn to increase, excuse me, as I learn to decrease, decrease. and let Jesus increase, what I'm saying is Jesus' estimation needs to become greater and greater and greater in my life. My mm-hmm. estimation needs to become less and less and yeah. less. Or or rather my estimation needs to become conformed to his. Mm-hmm. It's it's not about it's it's not about all the things that I used to value or used to love or used to want. It's about learning to love and value, appreciate, approve, pursue and follow Jesus things. He's yeah. he's going to be the one that leads. It's going to be I, I need to live this life, not trying to live Jesus life, but but how would my life be lived if Jesus were living it? Yeah. What What would Jesus pursue if he were living this life? I mean, if he were married to my wife, if he were the father of my children, if he were the employee on my job or, or the employer in my mm-hmm. job, how would he be living that? What would he value in all of this? What would he pursue? I'm going to decrease my values, uplift his values. I'm going to decrease my pursuits, uplift his, and increase. And that's that's discipleship. And that's being like John. No, I agree. And uh and amen to all of that. And we'd love to hear from you, our listeners. What are you learning from John the Baptist and his example? Send us an email, text talk at Christiansmeethere.org. Text talk at Christiansmeethere.org. Edwin, why don't you close us out in prayer? Lord God, we want to decrease, and yet all too often we fixate on ourselves. We compete with our brothers and sisters, and we want folks to look at us and and Honor us, value us, help us to be like John, ready to decrease and point people to your son, to lead folks. If they follow us, that they'll be following us to the feet of Jesus and serving and honoring him. And may we bow at his feet, at your feet, at the feet of your spirit. We love you, Lord God. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.